evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Half Ashed. My name is Craig Schneider. That fine gentleman over on the other side of the country is Kip Fisher. And as I said, we are Half Ashed. How are you tonight, my man? I'm outstanding. I have had power all day. <laughs> well, that makes one of us who can say that. <laughs> had a little bit of a scare, uh, didn't we? I, I would say we did have a bit of a scare. We had uh, we had no power in my neck of the woods for, uh, man, probably going on a little over two hours just prior to showtime. So did they uh, have to come out and replace that, or did they just get it back online? You know, they uh, they came out, but they weren't here for nearly long enough to uh, replace the replace anything on the wires on the lines. They were just out by the house and up on the lift and uh, tooling around up there, shaking their keys to make it look like they were being productive, and uh, then took off ten minutes later. So I I had a pretty bad storm today for those of you kind of new to the conversation, and um, we lost power for quite a substantial amount of time, but what separated this from normal was uh, one of the overhead power lines by my house, one of the, what I'm just calling a transformer on it, um, had a rather uh, robust snap, crackle, pop, and um, when I went outside to inspect what the heck was going on, it was letting off a few bits of, a few tufts of smoke. So it wasn't exactly too hot and yet didn't take very much to, uh, didn't take very much to get us back online other than the fact that, uh, you know, two hours passed. Uh, you remember a couple weeks ago when I had such the violent storm in the middle of the show? I do. I remember you cowering like a baby as one of the pieces of lightning <laughs> struck your backyard. <laughs> You know what? I'll wear that. I'd do it again, too. <laughs> they um, actually spent the better part of the next day out there working. They had to put a whole new pole and everything in, new transformers, wow. the whole spiel. Wow. Not and 50 you... feet from my house, but I never lost power because it's on that, that street is on a separate part of the grid than this side of the street. Wow. That's, uh, that's very interesting. It was, but um, it has been the opposite before, back when... I guess it was Hurricane Francis, I think, came through. We were without power for a little over a week, and we could mm. you know, sit here at night in pitch black darkness looking at the folks <laughs> on the corner that had electricity. <laughs> so is that when you uh, you go over to them with a cigar and offer up your uh, your humidor and consolation for their air conditioning? <laughs> well, my wife's parents happened to be down at the time, and they walked over, and they're like, can we plug a coffee pot up over here? <laughs> Oh, that is really funny. Uh, you know, speaking of coffee, I uh, I have to say, um, one of the coolest things about uh, the job where I'm at now is uh, we've got like a fifteen or a sixteen hundred dollar coffee maker at the office, and every morning I can make my espresso latte, or when it gets a little bit later in the day, I can uh, dial down the strength and and uh, uh, ramp up the ounces of water that I throw into this machine and just get a nice, good cup of Black Dog coffee. I love it. <laughs> you sound like Bob. <laughs> Black Dog is not a sponsor of Half-Ash. <laughs> oh, man, I, I drink Black Dog coffee. I just placed another order the other day. That was never a, that was never a spot that was awkward or difficult to, uh, to listen to. 
I bought that coffee, and man, oh man, was it the best stuff I ever had. <laughs> and here I sit drinking 8 o'clock right off the shelf. <laughs> That's right. My in-laws, my outlaws always drink chock full of nuts. So. <laughs> oh, the bucket list coffee. <laughs> the bucket list coffee? Yeah, there's a I, movie called Bucket List, and that was the coffee cans in the movie. Yeah. Oh, really? It, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh. Not not a rap hole worth exploring. <laughs> well, you know what uh, we probably should do is avoid all these rat holes and talk a little bit about the Cigar of the Week. My goodness, I can't believe we haven't even said it yet. Exactly, because I'm now an inch or so into it already. I'm not an inch, but I'm probably three quarters, and uh, I have a feeling this one might go a little quick. This might be a slightly quiet show because both Kip and I are puffing so feverishly. The uh, the cigar that we're that we're uh, talking about here is the Illusione ECCJ. It's uh, a limited release put out about four years ago for the European Cigar Cult Journal Cigar Magazine, and um, I was lucky enough to acquire a box of these and and really 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 uh, have enjoyed burning through it. The two that we are smoking tonight are the last two in existence in my humidor. So, and a box of these was kind of a big deal because there were only 300 boxes, I think, right? Uh, you know that sounds about right, actually. I think there were 20 in a box and 300 uh, total. So, what is that? Six thousand cigars? Yeah, I feel privileged because well, I, um, I never had had the opportunity to have these before. But man, I fell in love with the first one and staying in love with the second one. Mm, well. Darn good cigars. I I have uh, I've had these since 2010. They've been out, um, they've been out since 2009 summer, maybe late summer 2009. They were officially um, released, or I guess uh, allowed for consumption for the first time at EC <laughs> at IPCPR in 2009, and. Uh, they were shared at the uh, the 15th anniversary party for ECCJ. So I happened to be lucky enough to be at that party, and uh, afterwards, and after spending a little bit of time with Dion and Esteli in early 2010, I decided, what the heck, I'll go find myself a box, and I'm glad I did. I'm glad you did as well. <laughs> I bet you are. <laughs> well, I know uh, dreadfully little definitive about these cigars, but you can... You can search around the internet and find just about every uh, crazy rumor you want to about these cigars. I've seen as much as they have Cuban tobacco in them. I've seen that um, they're made with tobacco that that was a decade, not a decade old, 15 years old, something like that. Um, and I think that it's all just, you know, kind of malarkey. Um I had a conversation with Dion, and he he said specifically, and I quote, "The blend is the same uh, as the Epernay." So I asked him some specifics about that. Uh, questions like, "Well, is it, you know, is it uh, the same age tobacco? Is it aged longer before it was rolled?" And his response was, "The blend is the same as the Epernay." So, well, there I you guess, have it, right from I, the horse's I, mouth. I was gonna say, I guess you can uh, you can take that and say that uh, that's pretty darn definitive. But he also did avoid answering any questions, any supplemental questions. So for those of you conspiracy theorists out there, maybe you can say that uh, 
well, the blend's the same, but maybe the age is different, or maybe it's better quality of the same tobacco. I don't know, but... Yeah, um, I have had the Epernays before, and uh, maybe it's a factor of time that, that these have been resting comfortably, but I can't say that I fell so deeply for the Epernays I did this. Well, there's some unique... I said unique flavors, uh, and you asked me the question of, is the flavor itself unique, or is this a flavor that's unique to this, what you expect from this cigar? And um, uh, on initial lighting, the first five puffs or so, I'd say that that the flavors were very unique um, to any smoking experience. I had a very, very, very vivid, nutty, woody flavor right away, and that has since... um, calmed down. I mean, it was almost so kind of deep and rich. It was it was like smoking walnuts. Um, just like walnut oil or something. Really, really unique. Um, and I'm now about an inch into it, and it's definitely transitioned over into a little bit more of an oaky, smoky aroma. Um, I don't know. Let me, let me take another puff. What are you getting off of it? You have just described exactly the notes I made on the first one, that it started out just being overwhelmingly nutty, and that kind of went more towards a woodsy uh, charred oak even a little bit, and then it really built into that throughout, and then by the end it was very woodsy. This is um, not what I expect from the other versions of this cigar that I've had, but um, I have to say that the... uh, the four that were set aside for half-ashed in January are the um, the last four that I had. So I haven't smoked any of these, but uh, uh, starting this week and probably going back to sometime, I don't know, middle of the late of last, middle to the end of last year. So probably been at least a year since I've had them, and I don't recall them being near this uh, oaky and woodsy previously, so... We'll see how that uh, continues on through the cigar, but thus far, man, really, really freaking tasty. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> That's all I had to that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you emphasize the yeah, at least, so I guess that says something. Yeah, I, I speak with inflection. Because <laughs> you just answered yeah there, too, but it was it was <laughs> the quizzical yeah rather than the yeah. Get real, real emphatic and put a yeah, buddy in there. <laughs> Whoa, watch it. Be careful. Oh, I guess, you know, we should probably mention the Vitola. This is uh, traditional Corona Gorda. Five and five-eighths by 46. And it's just Gotta about it. as perfect a size for my taste as, as, as is out there. This is, if I could create my dream cigar and work out all the blend details and all, that, this is the size it would probably be. I um I've made cigars on my own. We've talked about the Chagringo. I uh I was lucky enough to be at um Drew Estate a few years back and they uh it wasn't on a cigar safari, but I was able to make or blend the cigars like they've been doing uh over the last five years or so or so with people who do go on a, a safari. Um and the size that I chose for for mine that I went through was a Corona Gorda. Um I'd say that I probably am more of a Corona fan, but I like the idea or was tempted by the idea of having it a little bit thicker and being able to get a little bit more tobacco in there. 
I probably smoke more Coronas than these, but that's in all likelihood because they're easier to come by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a it's not a super common size, is it? Tatawahe does a fair number of them, and that's one of the draws for me. In addition to the flavors that I enjoy and appreciate out of Tatawahe, is that they have a number of uh, uh, of these in a number of different lines. I didn't realize that they had that in, in quite a few. I know that, uh, well, the 7th, the 7th Reserva is a uh, uh, Corona Gorda, but I don't really know of too terribly many others that I can think of off the top of my head. I think they have that in all the 7th uh, in all three lines, right? The Kappa, the Reserva, and the... You know, they do, don't they? They've got it in the Reserva and then the Sumatra. Um, is it in the Abano as well? I didn't. I guess I didn't realize if it was or not. Yeah, I think it's in all of them. Um, they definitely do have the black. The black was originally released in the uh, Robusto and and uh, Corona Gorda, so that's that's definitely there. But um, didn't remember it in uh, the traditional Cazadores. Hmm. Anyways, it's uh, not to make this a tad focused evening, but uh, Illusione is. Uh, it's one of those brands that's kind of been referred to on this show before as that new school Nicaraguan. Um, this cigar seems to deviate slightly for me um, in what I think is that think of as that core new school Nicaraguan flavor, um, though there definitely are new school elements to this. Um, it's interesting. I like it. It's nice and... Probably mild to medium strength. I don't think it's nearly as strong as a lot of the other Illusiones you can find on the market. Um, and I don't ever really remember it being overpowering. Yeah, same here. Um, same here, not speaking of this one, but some of the Illusiones, although I really like the flavors and I, like, I, I, I enjoy the cigars in general, if I'm not uh, physiologically prepared for them, they can be a little much for me. Hmm. I really like that finesse, that F9 that he does. And that, up until now, has been my favorite. But like I said before we started recording, this absolutely gives it a run for the money. Although it's not, you know, it's a moot point. Because <laughs> only one of those two cigars I can run out and buy today. Yeah, that is true. I, I wouldn't doubt if you'll you'll find these sometime in the future. Um, I'm not saying that uh, they're going to be widely available on your showroom shelves anywhere. But um, I, I wouldn't doubt if a cigar like this people held on to. Um, ECCJ has certainly been around for a little bit of time. It'll be their 20th year next IPCPR, um, and I'm sure they've got something cooking for that as well. Um, but I, I really think that, um, you know, there were enough people who probably bought a box of these and sat them down and, you know, might make something available in the near future, relatively near future. I did a little digging while while we were talking a second ago. There were actually only 300 boxes of 15 of these, so there's only 4,500 of them. 15? Well, there you go. Hmm. Darn good cigars, though, man. Hmm. I know I like them. That's about as far as I can tell you. I like them. <laughs> you can tell how much I like them because we've got dead air on this episode. <laughs> Uh, you know, it really is kind of interesting about that, too, because I'm not the biggest fan of that kind of, uh, 
more savory, woody flavor in a cigar. You have mentioned that before when we talked about a few other cigars. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a little interesting, but for some reason this one works. There's enough of that walnutty, kind of earthy, nutty flavor that uh, really, really keeps me interested. And the, the nuttiness is not a, uh, a sharp flavor to me anyway, and it really kind of takes the woodsiness that you're talking about and knocks the corners off of it, makes it, mm. makes it just a little more palatable. Yeah, it definitely does. It, it, it in all reality, it kind of camouflages it a little bit. You you realize it's there when you say, hmm, "That's slightly woody," and then you go, "Oh, wait a second, that's really woody." Um, but the the fact of the matter is, is that it's you don't really get that right away. I don't know. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. The, yeah, it's on the 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 tail end of a puff. Hmm. That sounds like a name for a show. <laughs> well, you have uh, you have a little bit of fun news that you want to talk about or make sure that everybody remembers about here before we uh, move on too terribly far, right? I do, because we I am going to make some racket here. We have mentioned this a couple of times at the very end of I think two shows that we had a giveaway going on, but have not done a good job of uh, promoting it. So. We're going to end this thing in about a week, and I don't know without going to look, but I'm going to say I have maybe eight or ten folks that have emailed this month to enter this thing, so you've got a really good chance of winning this this time around. And just by the way, next, next time around, you may have to work for it. We're going to figure out some better way to do a giveaway rather than just send us any old email. We're going to make you, I don't know, tap dance like a monkey or something. I'm getting distracted here. We've got our giveaway going on this month. Uh, like I said, we're going to end this a week from tonight, which will be September the 6th when uh, we have Barry Stein on with us. But uh, I got I picked out 10 cigars today that I tend to appreciate and like and enjoy and want to share those with some folks. And so I'm just going to run through those real quick. Um, this one is Casa Fernandez, Miami, Toro, which is a great smoke. If, however, you do not appreciate bold, uh, full-flavored kind of Nicaraguan tobacco, you might want to share that one with a friend. Uh, definitely would, don't light that up on an empty stomach. Uh, it's not a not a uh, lightweight cigar for sure. Um, got an Añejo in my favorite size, which is a little 46. Love these guys. And uh, let's see here. Got a couple of Sam Lucia's new cigars, the blacks. Would have been a black and a white, but... I'm out of whites right now, and I tend to enjoy the blacks more than the whites anyway. A Tatuahe Wolfman, which was last year's limited Halloween release. Um, a special size uh, J.C. Newman Julius Caesar, which is an oddball little perfecto. Um, seems like I heard some chatter they may end up actually releasing those. I don't recall now, but this was a uh, something from an event actually earlier in the year. A Between the Lines, which I love. A lot of people don't buy these because they are somewhat pricey for the size, but just a phenomenal smoke. An Opus, and, you know, I'm not even going to call what size that is because I can't tell. You can look on the screen and see. Uh, <laughs> and you could get a great image of that when you were moving it back and forth and twisting it. <laughs> Here, real quick, hold up your ruler. Yeah, it's about... I don't know, six, six and a quarter inches maybe. I don't know. 
I can look that up. I'll put it in the show notes when I post those up. And these last two actually are not out of my pocket. These were sent to me by Eddie Ortega and Cigar Coop, and I were actually chatting a little bit about them before the show started in the chat room. This is the Cubao, which he's about to re-release. That's uh, a line that was an EO Brands line. And, of course, it it went away when they split up the, the, the company or disbanded, whatever you want to call it. And Eddie is reintroducing those. These This is one of the lines that he was able to, to uh, procure for himself. And he's bringing it back to market as a My Father Made Cigar, if I recall correctly. And I've had a couple of these in the last two weeks, and I think they're fantastic smokes. And I think whoever wins this will as well. So if you want to get in on that sometime in the next seven days, send us an email, gip at thecigarmy.com or craig at thecigarmy.com. Uh, tell us we're goofballs, we're silly. Ask us a question, which would be uh, you know awesome. We love getting questions. Talk about them even if we don't have an answer. <laughs> and um, That's all you got to do. Get in there, and we'll randomly uh, pull somebody's name out of that, that pile uh, this time next week. I realize we went a couple of days uh, those of you that don't know, in the past couple of weeks, after a long time of having terrible, terrible hosting problems, I have migrated the Cigarmy over to a new host, and we actually went a couple of days where our emails were really spotty, and there's a good chance that some of them didn't make it through. So um, go ahead and send them in this week. And that, that I think these are a, it's a great selection if you had to go buy these. That's over a hundred bucks worth of cigars for nothing. Yeah, just for good gracious. Media. So get them in here. Let me hear it. I'll uh, I'll be sure to have to email you to so I can be entered into that giveaway. <laughs> you can enter all the times you want. I'm pretty sure your <laughs> name's not going to come out of the hat. <laughs> <laughs> you are a son of a gun. <laughs> just saying. No, I know. It's a, a listener uh it's a listener giveaway. And so for any listeners who are actually wanting to get in on this giveaway, if if you win and you choose to involve me in your little scheme, I would gladly trade you two or three cigars of my own, which will have at least the value of what he's giving up, no problem. I'll be completely fair for two or three of those cigars which are slightly intriguing to me. So you um, just email me, and we'll work something out. Hey, uh, shoot me an email. I think I have multiples of all these. If there's something in particular, I can send you some. Yeah, but it's more fun if I'm being deviant. <laughs> <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> you know, and I, I believe that I did do uh, a call-in review for Dog Watch of uh, the first run of those Kubaos, so... You know, if there's any more, maybe I might enjoy them. I think I can take care of that. Like I yeah, said, right. those two, those two are out of that batch were provided by Eddie uh, Ortega, and so I can I can hook you up there. Well, aren't you a swell fella? Yeah. So we the moral of again. The moral of the story, folks, is uh, email Kip and I. Send us random musings and. Crazy questions and uh, idiotic thoughts. We've we've actually got some crazy questions in tonight's show, and it should make for some good conversation. So we did. We know. have uh, four or five emails that we have uh, had to neglect for timing and and 
taking care of some guests and whatnot in the past couple of weeks, so we're going to hopefully get to those tonight. Uh, yeah, I hope so, because I know uh, one or two of those should be really fun to talk about. So I think so. Well, I, boy, that really sounded kind of cruddy of me, didn't it? Yeah, one or two of the four should be enjoyable. The other two <laughs> or three is gonna, are going to be a complete bear. <laughs> not oh, going to tell you which ones. <laughs> yeah, definitely not going to tell you. Uh. Well, what do you say before I put my foot in my mouth again, we move on to some news. Let's do it. Uh, one is a, a review item that we've talked about a couple times, but this is the uh, fundraiser going on over at Cigar Federation uh, for Project Manana, which is a, a, a pet charity for me. I love that organization. I think they do a phenomenal job, and they are uh, you know, totally above board, taking care of the money that's given, and, and that's kind of the setup of the, uh, the fundraiser order. If you go over to CigarFederation.com, you can check it all out. Uh, and the the way you enter that is donating money to Project Manana, which is entirely tax deductible. They're a 501c3 uh, entity, and uh, every $10 increment of donation gets you an entry into it. And they have a heap of prizes. Uh, I mean, probably at this point, a couple dozen boxes of cigars, shirts, hats, uh, all kinds of swag, and. Uh, the grand prize of four days and three nights in Santiago in the Dominican, uh, which basically includes everything but your airfare. you got to get yourself there, but it includes your lodging, your meals, transportation in the country, you know, everything, um, to visit some cigar factories to see Project Manana, and, uh, which would be a, you know, a killer trip. I, I can tell you firsthand. I have been, I guess, three times now, and I'm going back in February, and I am excited. Man, that's there's just nothing wrong with what they're what what is going on with this giveaway. It's uh, Sigfed. It's I'm sorry. It's Project Mignana through Sigfed. Um, unbelievable cigars. Unbelievable trip. Just about as cool of uh, the swag as could be offered at some giveaways. So, really is uh, <laughs> a pretty darn good uh, idea to. Maybe give a little bit to an organization that really makes a big difference. Yeah, and, and I believe the way that's working, and I don't have it in front of me, but I, I, I believe I'm right, um, is it's going to be the the grand prize and however many 18 or 20 other prizes that are divvied up by manufacturer who donated them from the, the prizes will be given out. I believe through like a lottery system. Like I said, you get an entry for every $10 you donate. And then the uh, person that donates the highest, you know, the highest amount will get uh, an extra special prize, and that's uh, a couple of boxes of uh, Crown Head cigars. And that person will get that prize, and additionally be entered in however many times, you know, however many entries they have in the other prizes. That's uh, it's a pretty darn good gig there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a cool idea. I think it ought to raise a good chunk of money for, you know, an organization that really can use it and and effectively use it, which is a big deal to me. Well, we, you and I uh, have talked repeatedly of uh, Cigar Family Charitable Foundation and uh, certainly of Project Mignana. And just this week, I I uh, had some fantastic reading material in the uh, on the porcelain throne as. As uh, most of us will have, will enjoy good reading material on that of the uh, CFCF uh, quarterly 
uh, newsletter that comes out. I read through that and and really just every time I get that, I'm just rejuvenated about what that organization does. And I know Project Manana, although certainly not the same thing, um, it's rooted in similar ideas and missions. Um, it's just a great organization. And I know that, you know, per a conversation you and I had had, Kip, about uh, some of the recent changes of hosting and the likes with uh, halfash.com and, and thecigarmy.com, I will certainly be making a donation to probably both Project Munana and um, Cigar Family Charitable Foundation. And who knows? Maybe uh, maybe I might be entered into this uh, drawing, and I might be able to be one of the winners. Sweet. Be a good time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, this next one is is uh, this next news item here that we've got to talk about is a cigar that we've already discussed on a few occasions. Um, it is. And it's kind and of an interesting we, one. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to walk on your toes there. No, 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 go right ahead. I just said it was kind of an interesting uh, bit of news. Yeah, we uh, we each have one of these to try. Uh, brought back from the show, and I believe that was in the package I sent to you. Mm -hmm. uh, the the American Puro from Gran Habano, and that is a, a cigar manufactured in America with tobacco that was all grown in America, which is kind of a, a cool idea for me. And they announced that it's going to be uh, released and start shipping on September 11th, uh, which I guess is intentional and a uh, you know a, a symbolic date anyway. So I, I have not lit mine up yet, but I, I'm anxious to try it. Yeah, I have not either. I had uh, I had all day Saturday last weekend um, to devote to cigars and half-ashed, and um, I was very, very lucky that my son decided to take a three-hour-plus nap. And so I, uh, I burned through a few cigars and... Did a, a bunch of research and uh, you know just some some fact finding and some neat little uh, uh, exploratory um, internet searching and I did a little bit on this uh, American Puro and and I'm I'm really excited about the cigar. I really tend to appreciate a lot of the stuff that comes out of the uh, Granabano namesake. Um, I'm not as as familiar and or um, oh, I don't know what the term would be. Um, as big of a fan of a lot of the GAR branded, uh, G-A-R, uh, George A. Rico branded cigars, but this one's probably as high on the list as any have been. Um, looking forward to this. Although, I, I, I have to say, have you cracked open the cellophane and given this cigar a good old whiff at I all recently? Have, no, I haven't. You might want to do that. This is uh it's a pretty intense aroma to this cigar. Is it um now I think there may be some fire cured tobacco in this. There certainly is, and that is where the intensity comes from. Cool. That that's uh, another one to add to this imaginary article I keep saying I'm gonna to put together that <laughs> hasn't even started yet. <laughs> well, one of my questions was when I, I realized that there was some dark fire cured tobacco here was, um, I mean, this is now the fourth cigar that I'm aware of that we have the opportunity to try this year with fire cured tobacco. We've got the KFC Kentucky Fire Cured from 
uh, a Muwat Myuzi weighs a ton line extension from Drew Estate. Um, we have the the second cigar, which is actually the first cigar I believe released with uh, dark fired um, Kentucky Fire Cure Tobacco, the Sam Lucia Black. Um, we have the Granabano uh, American Puro, as we've just been discussing, and then the fourth is the uh, some of the lovely cigars to come uh, our way, the half-ashed cigars or the half-ashed gifted cigars um, from friend of the show, Michael Stewart, who we really need to schedule again. We, we really should get try to relive episode 17, which uh, we lost due to some Google technical difficulties. I'd love to be able to discuss some of that again. Uh, yeah, we do. That was actually one of the more informative shows I think we'd put together for it to have been lost in the cosmos. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a still have all the notes, still have all the the, the information that Michael passed along. So we yeah, we definitely need to get that set up. And questions. I mean, <clears throat> it's been long enough. I mean, it's been thirteen, fourteen weeks at this point where we legitimately could ask the same darn questions and. Not remember what the answers were. <laughs> <laughs> Is that another old joke on for me? <laughs> no, because I I wouldn't remember them either. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you're young because your kid took a three hour nap and you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I smoked two cigars and searched the internet the whole time for information about sticks. <laughs> it was glorious. <laughs> Man, when I had two year olds, that wouldn't happen. Wouldn't that happen? Why? Why, what I'd have been out. Oh, really? Like a lot. When you had I'm, two-year-olds, though, you you were just a little bit older than me. You were 35 or so. Uh, 34. Mm, well, my first two-year-old would have been when I was 32. Really? 31 and 32, yeah. Your daughter's that old? She's about to turn 11 in a couple of weeks. Wow, you are an old man. <laughs> Grief. <laughs> That's all right. When I uh, when I had a two year old, I was thirty two years old as well. So it's not that much different. Don't worry. <laughs> and my wife and I were married for like eight and a half years before we had kids because we got married really young. And I think the grandparents had just given up hope. They just <laughs> they thrown in the towel that we weren't going to have kids. Uh, well, we we you know it would be nice to be able to put food in their mouths before we start having kids. <laughs> How old's the dude? He's like eight, right? Nine. Nine. Okay. Did he just turn yeah. nine over summer? Yeah, in May. Uh, our kids are just uh, eighteen, nineteen months apart. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I guess that's true, I guess isn't it? Twenty, twenty months. Yeah. Wow, Christy let you near her the first year after pregnancy. I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> she's not out here tonight. She was, but she's gone. Oh man. Hey, I gotta ask you a question before we uh, get to news item number three. Um, okay. I I can't quite pin it down. I don't know if it's what I'm drinking with the cigar or just the cigar itself. But has it had a change in flavor? Have you noticed? Uh, it got a little softer for me. Much more. Uh, don't know that I would call it creamy in in terms of you know taking on a creamy flavor, but it feels much smoother in the mouth. There's no no tingle, no real spice to talk about. You know, that's interesting. I hadn't noticed that, but you're absolutely right. 
Boy, there is still a bit of abrasiveness in the nasal passage, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about aerating your smoke stream. I, uh, it, it's still a bit sharp up there as my eyes water. Um, but you're absolutely spot on. That that flavor in the mouth, uh, no, the sensation in the mouth is velvety. I, I mean, it's almost it's almost like, well, cream like. The the body is cream like at this point without being so full bodied. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yep, exactly. Uh, soft is, as you described it, soft in, in texture rather than a soft flavor. Hmm. Man, oh man, this is darn good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> this is an awesome audio download here. Just, uh, <laughs> ooh and an yeah, you just made, uh, you just made, uh, Mouth noises, and I said, "This is darn good." <laughs> Could we be two more uh, fanboys? Yeah, We should be taking this more seriously. Nah, <sighs> it's half-assed, man. If we can't do anything com- completely right on a show called Half-assed, <laughs> that's absolutely true, man. You were brilliant coming up with that name. I have to tell you, because it really is, it really is perfect. I don't. I don't ever want to be completely professional on this show. And with a name like Half Ashed, we are 100% justified in being 50% ignorant. Oh man, going around the show and whatnot, and talking to people and telling them about it. You should see the looks I get when I tell them the name. It's funny. Oh, I've I've uh, I've received quite a few compliments about the name, and I I have to say, if I haven't complimented you, I need to do so. Excellent, excellent job. It fits perfectly. Yeah, I can't believe it wasn't taken, especially the domain names and everything. But yeah. So we say we hop on over to number three here, which goes with number two. Yeah, it definitely does. I uh, I am super stoked about this. I've been aware of this for probably six months or so, um, and, and I think it's just a really, really darn cool idea. And I can't believe somebody else hasn't done it. Um, well, yeah, I, sh- I should take that back. When we were talking about the Drew Estate Cigar Safari, that is basically what uh, our news item number three is that we said was related to the uh, the Granabano American Puro. Um, that is the fact that uh, Gar, George A. Rico, George A. Rico Cigars, um, has uh, this brilliant idea at their Calle Ocho factory of... <laughs> providing uh, the service that they call a cigar deli. Um, so, you know, if you you go to a deli counter at a supermarket and you say, give me uh, three pounds of this and a half a pound of this and a pound and a half of this, and uh, that's my order and I'll take it and go. That's kind of what George Rico has come up with at his factory. Yeah, and actually, you know, even... Me and a few other guys had a very similar idea three years ago, thinking this would be something really, really cool that we would like and would love to offer something like that, but it was just a matter of capital. You can't just go build a factory or a store for nothing overnight. And yeah. so I I think it's a killer idea. I would love to, to do this, and there's a good chance I might try my uh, my hand at it, uh, you know, in one of my trips to Miami, kind of checking it out. Well, it's... It's an awful, it's a, it's a bloody brilliant idea. Quite frankly, it is. Uh, I don't know if, um, 
George is going to take this uh, to the internet. But wouldn't that be a really brilliant idea too? I mean, if he basically, you know, had an order form online. Okay, I want this. I want this. I want this, and wrap it in this. Um, man, that would just be such a smart idea. And if he, if he was smart enough to team with a uh, a computer programmer and kind of give him the specs of what each size would need um, weight-wise of tobacco. And, uh, you know, if you if you take one leaf of X and it weighs 1.4 grams, and if you take uh, a half leaf of Y and it weighs 1.1 grams, and your overall cigar in X size is going to be 12 grams, then, and you know, okay, well, my wrapper is going to be one gram and my binder is going to be three grams. Well, then, you know, uh, I can tell you how many filler leaves you can put in there. It'd just be a matter of math to be able to figure that out to where you could completely customize whatever you want. You don't have to put parameters on it. You can just let people pick and choose, and uh, they could then essentially be determining the, uh, the percentages of one tobacco to another tobacco in a cigar, and it, it you could really make this scientific and, and really, really fun yeah. um, for cigar tobacco Coop, geeks. Will, Will Cooper just mentioned in the chat room that um, he says, according to the press release, he believes there will be an online order kit. And I, I don't think that it will be as in-depth as what you're just describing, but you'll be able to pick from, you know, you can pick which wrapper you want, which binder, and uh, if I remember right, up to three different types of filler tobacco to, to include in there. And I seem to recall there was one of the uh, giant online e-tailers a couple of years ago that was doing a very similar thing when uh, they had, you know, this big chart and you could pick and choose and say, I want cigars with these tobaccos in them and and they would roll you some. I don't even remember the cost or anything like that, but I've seen this idea before. Uh, But what you were describing would be just about as geeked out and cool as can be, but I'm not sure how feasible it would be in terms of cost for putting a website like that together if it would pay back over any reasonable amount of time just because of the market size is maybe not there. But would it really be that difficult, or would it literally just be having some dialogue with your programmer to to just put together uh, the formulas to make that work? And with I mean, all the, the trouble I've had in the past week and a half just moving a site from one host <laughs> to another, something like that would be impossible. It's black magic, as far as I can tell. Well, I, you know, you're probably not starting with a template at that point, or you're completely customizing a page that you add onto a template or something. But, um, you know, if if you had a little bit of knowledge or a buddy of yours that. Uh, that was able to do such a thing. It would be a pretty fun endeavor, I think, if you could get it to the point where it was that, um, well, streamlined, you know? Yeah. Mm. be pretty darn cool. You know, and then you can choose, do I want the stalk end of the tobacco, of the leaf, or do I want the tip end? Do I want it, do I want it um, oriented where all tobacco smokes at the foot of the cigar, you're smoking the tip of whatever, or the further or closest to the tip of the cigar, and then, I'm sorry, closest to the tip of the leaf, and then as you smoke the cigar, you're smoking that leaf closer to the stalk, so it builds in flavor and changes in 
in uh, intensity, or is it, you know, the other direction where as the cigar smokes, it uh, the tobacco burns closer to the tip, and so it loses some intensity or mellows out as the cigar would naturally kind of build in the the uh, uh, throughout the smoking process. It you could, oh my gosh, I could so geek out at this. <laughs> you could spend a lot of money there, couldn't you? Oh, oh, I I know uh, I know George's father Guillermo, and uh, I know some other contact contacts with. Uh, Granabano, so who knows? Maybe uh, maybe I'll butt in. <laughs> <laughs> Take an uh, impromptu trip to Miami. Oh, yeah, like uh, like that'll happen. When, when baby number two's on the way in just a couple months. <laughs> maybe I could well, go to a convention or something down there. A convention? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. So our next item was some, uh, actually, multiple items coming out of Hoya de Nicaragua this week. Had some uh, pretty sweeping changes in their uh, executive team. Man, you can say that again. There's some pretty sweeping changes in their executive team. Man, you can say that again. (laughs) Oh, man, this is bad for us even. I, I gotta say, before we get into this Hoya Nicaragua stuff, Dan Crouch sent me. He was uh, Dan Crouch is is a friend. He was kind enough to send me a bottle of Kraken Black Spiced Rum, and I don't drink spiced rum, um, really ever. Uh, <clears throat> but Dan knows that I love rum, and he really likes this stuff, so he recommended that uh, I give it a try and sent me a bottle as a gift. Uh, when I made my slight career detour earlier in the year. And um, so I'm drinking a couple fingers of that, three fingers of that tonight. And I, I just realized after two fingers of it were gone, and I'm like, man, oh, man, I'm really surprised. I I can feel a slight bit of the alcohol. I looked down at the bottle about two minutes ago and realized that this stuff's like 100 proof. <laughs> so... <laughs> So that might be the reason why that uh, yeah. the reason why we're getting slightly distracted this evening. So I have to apologize. Sorry. I didn't notice any difference. Oh, great! You're saying I'm this nuts all the time. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> well, we we got Hoya to Nicaragua to uh, to talk about. I don't need another rat hole. Sorry about that. Oh, no worry. Half fast. That's how we roll. That's right. Half the time's devoted to crap, anyways. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're a couple of ash halves. It'd be, take two of us to be an ash hole. <laughs> I actually thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, my uncle told me that once. I was I was an ass half because it'd take two of me to be an asshole. <laughs> hey, uh, if, if uh, uh iTunes didn't block us after the Skip Martin episode. We'll be good on this one. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, Skip. Sorry, man. That was fun, though. Oh, it was a good time. Yeah, I don't think they're going to harass us too badly. Nah. Forgiveness and permission, you got to weigh those two. Well, hopefully hopefully Jose Blanco doesn't need to weigh whether or not he needs to be forgiven on anything. 
<laughs> That's a horrible tie-in. Yeah, that... <laughs> oh, that was horrendous. Yeah, oh, yeah. This, this all went down, uh, or I guess was officially announced uh, three days ago or so. That um, uh, Well, first off, they, uh, they being uh, the board of directors at Hoya de Nicaragua, had uh, appointed some folks to some new folks and some existing folks to some new positions. Uh, the first one, and I, I do not know any of these first three. I've never met them. I'm not familiar with the, the names, but uh, Juan Ignacio Martinez was elected as uh, executive president, and he'll be taking care of the day-to-day production and marketing issues and whatnot with the factory. And he is one of the existing folks. He's been... Um, uh, with Hoya de Nicaragua for almost six years, uh, the press release in. And uh, the second appointment was Yvonne Gutierrez as Deputy Marketing Director, and he's going to be working with Mario Perez, an existing uh, Sales and Marketing Director, to uh, to kind of work on their presence worldwide, you know, internationally, around the planet, not just within Nicaragua, not just within the U.S., but uh, around the world. And... Goodness knows I'm going to mispronounce this last one. Carlos Zuniga, Zuniha, I don't know how you pronounce his name. I apologize for that. Is now their creative director, uh, and his uh, responsibility was shepherding Hoya's image around the world. So I'm not sure exactly what that meant, but uh, you know, all of the all three of these folks will will be. Uh, the expectation is you'll be seeing them at, at events and whatnot around. Uh, well, not just the the U.S., but the, around the world uh, with traveling with Dr. Cuenca. And then the one that we're probably all more familiar with is uh, the one you just mentioned earlier. You want to take that one? Uh, sure. I'll also say that uh, in a bit of irony on tonight's show and in a slight deviation into another rat hole, I just received an email from iTunes. And oh, it's it's about something completely unrelated. I just thought it <laughs> funny that we we mentioned that uh, eh, iTunes probably isn't hearing this, and uh, or it probably isn't going to give us a hard time. And then I get an email within a minute. Just thought that was <laughs> just don't mention Starbucks, man. Whatever you do. <laughs> hey, I went into Caribou this morning like a good soldier. And then I realized I forgot my wallet at home, and so I politely walked out after I placed my order. <laughs> that is the uh, the Greg Schneider coffee protest. <laughs> it, was, it was, I'm going to take my business elsewhere. I would like a medium Americano, please. Wait, wait. No, I wouldn't. I forgot my wallet. Have a good day. That's and then I just walked awesome. out politely. Ah, yes, not my finer moment. Well, yeah, the uh, getting back on track here, the, the big news with uh, all the uh, Oira Nicaragua uh, shake-up this week is that uh, Senior Vice President Jose Blanco has decided not to renew his contract. He, he had, I believe, a two-year contract originally when he joined he, with them? Yes, and... His uh, departure was pretty much exactly two years to the date. Yeah, I um, I believe I read uh, on, at two separate locations, one saying it was a mutual decision, the other saying that Jose decided not to renew his own contract. But um, 
whatever it is and whatever reasoning goes into it really matters not to me. I mean, Jose Blanco is a gentleman that I've had the pleasure to speak with on multiple occasions. Um, I've been absolutely lucky enough to uh, go through one of his blending seminars and talk to him intimately about tobacco. Um, and I've just had conversations with him as a man, and, and he's he's just a really blessed individual. And whatever he does, I think that I speak for both Kip and I when I say that uh, we really look forward to whatever the next step is, whatever the next move is. Because it's just going to be great for the industry. It's going to be enjoyable for the industry, I think. Yeah, I agree, and I don't have any clue what any kind of non-compete terms are or anything like that. I do know he apparently, according to his Facebook post, has already kind of made the transition back to the Dominican with his family. So I'm not uh, – I'm going to throw this out there too. Sir, I could put a reminder up in the chat room, and I did know this, that uh, Juan Martinez – the uh, one of the gentlemen we mentioned acquiring a new title at the company is Dr. Quinka's son, and I did know that, but I, I've not met him, so I don't know him. Gotcha. Understand completely. Um, I uh, I think it's you know there there was some speculation. I don't remember again what article it was, but. Um, there was some speculation that the the Quinky Blanco um, and now known as the CEB um, or CYB cigar um, that that really hasn't gotten off to the start that uh, it was expected to get off to over the past 12 months or so since it's been released and <clears throat> there was some implications perhaps that that may have played into the the decisions here but I think that you know I I'm we haven't Kip and I haven't talked about this but again if I could uh, potentially speak for him at the same time um, I'm gonna guess that he'll line up with my opinion on this one you know regardless of whatever the reason is I don't think that that I don't think that our position here at half ashed is that we care you know, I, I mean, is that, am I speaking, uh, am I able to say I'm speaking for both of us, Kip? You yeah. know, if if the cigar wasn't too terribly successful, is that something that we would really need to make a big deal about? I don't think so. I mean, uh, I guess I was a little surprised to, uh, and this is not brand new news, that the the line didn't take off and just change the, the planet, um, but... There was an incredible amount of chatter and talk and people gushing about that cigar for it not to have held on to sales the way you're talking about. Yeah, I um, I went to a release party for that cigar, and I don't know the last cigar that I did go to a release party for. Um, it, it's definitely been some time. I went to a release party and probably... August of last year, about a year ago. I don't know, maybe a little bit more than that. Um, and it really was, I, I mean, the place was packed and it was filled with Drew Estate fanboys and people were just buying it up. You know, I don't remember exactly if it was released. It had to have been released at last year's IPCPR, right? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was before that even. Hmm. Well, there you go. I mean, I, I, um, boy, I, I, I'm, as you are, relatively surprised that it wasn't uh, viewed as being received well. But you know, we're certainly not looking at sales figures here. I just know that Puerto Nicaragua has never been a mainstream brand. Um, it was certainly picked up. Uh, it, you know, whether it was acquired or whether it just became part of the team with the Drew Estate family. Um, I don't know all the details of that, but uh, I, I think that um, it was embraced or seemed as if it was embraced by a lot of their uh, very loyal smokers. But, you know, who knows? <clears throat> yeah, I I think that cigar is best in the Lonsdale size, but the others don't know that I wouldn't say I had a problem with. I just don't buy them. I, mean, I have smoked a fair number of the Lonsdale and thought it was really good. Um, also, if, if, if I had to pick a Hoya de Nicaragua cigar, it's that Antonio Dark Corojo. I smoke a buttload of those, a metric buttload of those. There it is. <laughs> That's the, the universal measurement. But Sorry, I was taking a you drink. Not that, certainly not that Hoya de Nicaragua changed and went from zero to a hundred in the past two years, but I am far more familiar with Hoya de Nicaragua today than I was three years ago, for mm-hmm. sure. I, sm- I definitely smoke more of their cigars now, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's behind it or why or who decided what, but either way, I think you're right. We wish Jose the best and definitely think he's going to. You know, continue to do great things in the industry. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't my Uzi weighs a ton? Isn't that a Hoya Nicaragua product? Oh, I, I would say Coop could probably answer that better than me. I I am not a fan of my Uzi weighs a ton. I didn't give it a uh, probably much of a chance. I only had a couple of them, and I have not yet tried. A uh, couple of the sizes that I'm really excited about. One that Coop actually sent us. Um, but uh, when they first came out, I tried a couple, and, and the only thing available at that time were those huge Vidolas, and I just I, I don't care for those sizes. Well, I but certainly. That, sorry. The bait fish just kind of caught on. There's a lot of people smoking those and really liking them. I I can't say that I have really explored them. And I guess that uh, Digital Sun 6, I think, was one of those. And Coop has sent us uh, some of those to try. And I'm anxious to try that one because it is a much more palatable size for me. Yeah, no doubt about it. I I, um, <clears throat> I am on the opposite side of that. Uh... Oh, there he is. I'm sorry? Um, Coop said the My Uzi Ways of Ten is a Drew Estates product made at Hoya de Nicaragua. Made it Hoya de Nicaragua. Okay, um, I, uh, I I think I was, and I know I've mentioned this in the past. I was one of the few uh, people who greeted the Mayuzi Ways a ton, um, to probably a little bit of guarded apprehension, um, and then immediately after trying it, um, gladly gladly put my foot in my mouth. <laughs> Um, I really, really enjoy that cigar. I don't smoke a whole ton of them, um, 
probably in the three years or so since the originals have been released, uh, probably have only had about a box worth or so. Um, but I enjoy them. You know, I, I, I know that uh, the size is a bit of a detraction from a lot of people, but they're, there's something about the blend. It, it appeals to me, and I don't know exactly what it is. Well, you don't have to. You can enjoy it. Yeah, that's true. It's uh, it's just one of the things that I like, and it, it might be the only thing that I don't go to the nth degree on. <laughs> the only <laughs> cigar. <laughs> oh. All right, well, well jumping, jumping over to the next one here, Concerned Cigar Coop, who's in the yeah. chat room tonight. Yes, sir, it does. I uh, I was pleased to hear this, very happy for uh, for Will that um, he has formed a bit of an alliance, we might call, with uh, Stogie Geeks, another cigar podcast that's, uh, that's out there for general consumption. Yeah, he has uh, made a, you know, a series <laughs> of appearances with them and, and been on the show and then they are uh, partnering up. They're, they're each is going to maintain their own uh, brand, their own existing branding and, and image and ownership and all that. But they're teaming up to offer, uh, you know, both media, both written and podcast media, which is a pretty cool idea, I think. You know, I I love this idea. I really do. At first, I um, <laughs> I'll admit my initial reaction was. Well, what the hell, Will? Why, uh, why didn't you find us? <laughs> um, but you know, then uh, I thought about it and realized, oh well, I guess you know we have uh, um, the cigar meat as well, so we essentially are our own little conglomerate over here. Boy, that's an oxymoron. Our own little conglomerate. Um, <laughs> anyways, but uh, you know, Will, I'm just busting on you a little bit, but then I. I kind of uh, heard a, a mentor of mine, an architect who was a mentor of mine, uh, you know, he he proverbially was sitting on my shoulder saying uh, that collaboration and anything that improves the, the industry or anything that raises the understanding or the appreciation by the consumer uh, of what it is that we do is for the best. Collaboration yeah. through collaboration, we will all enjoy the benefits. Yeah, I don't know that he coined it, but but Will uses a term that I really like, and he calls it coopetition. <laughs> you know, there are multiple outlets for similar information with different approaches, and you you know, in many industries, it would be considered competition. You know, direct competition, but uh, you know, I think it's a good thing when different media outlets can cooperate, and where you do offer. Things a little differently to a little different outlets, a little different audiences, but and you can kind of work together and uh, have a kumbaya kind of industry. You know, there's there's a lot of a kumbaya industry for Pete's sake, man. <laughs> um, um, this is a this is a kick-ass show. I'm really having a blast tonight, and I I uh, I was pretty down with the power out, not being able to smoke the CCCJ, but. Uh, I am glad that we have been able to get the uh, this recording uh, going. I, I'm having a blast. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, me too. Um, it, you know, I I completely forgot my friggin' train of thought. Um, well, it was something nice about Will and Stogie Geek. So just imagine that I said that, and let's move on. <laughs> Well, I am uh, having a little bit of a regret about the show, and that's that I'm down basically to the end of this ECCJ. Really? Well, you can see what I got left here. 
Oh, let me get to the Hangout screen. Sorry. Now, uh, also, admittedly, I lit this well before you did. Uh, I was smoking this before we even traded text when you said you were like 10 or 15 minutes out. So we, uh, I was going for quite a while before we even started. Are you couldn't cheating wait. on me? Man, I couldn't wait any longer. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my problem. I've got about two inches left of the cigar, so I definitely have a little bit of time, but... I don't know if this is going to last me the length of the show, and I don't have another cigar within reach here. <laughs> I, I might need to light up one of the old butts in the ashtray. How pathetic uh, is that? I've got a couple of extras here. You can reach. You son of a gun. Yeah, I, I don't think that anybody's perfected the uh, the reach through uh, computer screen yet. <laughs> you need a 3D printer. <laughs> Oh, man, 3D tobacco printed. Be still my beating heart. Whew. <laughs> okay. Uh, can we move on now from things that will lead us down rabbit trails that are fantasy? <laughs> Boy, I don't know if I've ever been down a rabbit trail. Why don't you explain that to us? Oh, same uh, thing as a rat hole. Uh Well, this last one is a bit of unfortunate news, which uh, I gotta admit, I don't really know jack about. Maybe, uh, maybe you can shed some light on some of Yahe's recent troubles. Yeah, I don't know that I can shed too much light on it. It's been uh, making its way, you know, in a prevalent way through a lot of the online uh, forums, but. Biaje re I don't want to say reissue because it's a different cigar, but they use a, a name again, Double Edged Sword 2, and put this out as a limited release. Uh, of course, all their stuff's limited release, but that's what they're calling it. And shipped them in these uh, little ceramic-looking jars, and people start opening them up, and there's a lot of damage, and apparently some of the packaging wasn't up to the handling that it received from the time it left the factory until it got into people's hands. And, you know, we're talking cigars that are pushing $20 a piece. And so there's a lot of people fairly upset about it. You know, I'm talking $18, $19 a stick. And and a fair number of people are buying these and not opening them and putting them away for some amount of time. And I'm sure they're going to be sorely disappointed if they happen to have some. You know, and this is not, certainly not every one of them, but it's enough that I've seen it on multiple forums, people with these complaints and putting up pictures and, and uh, Halfwill actually reported on this in print, and they reviewed the cigar recently and put a picture of theirs. I think they had seven that were busted up out of their container. And uh, also, they noted something that accompanies these complaints or reports on the uh, on the forums, and that the wrapper. And if you look at the picture, I, I put a link to it there. The, the picture from Halfwill that the wrappers on the foot are wildly differently colored and I'm not sure what's going on there. It's a Racy's Cubana made cigar I believe. Hang on. I'm I'm seeing if I can share this picture real quickly. Yeah, I was hoping you'd be able to do that. Put that up on the screen. There. Can you see that? Can you see the the pictures there? Those are the uh, um, half wheel picture. Man, that is a lot of damaged feet. Yeah, and apparently there just wasn't any padding between the end of the jar and the cigars, even though they were tightly packed and 
one direction uh, with the other axis they were not and they were allowed to slide back and forth and bang against the end of it and you can see these uh, this one that one and that one there's the color difference I was talking about and so yeah I don't know I don't know what's going to happen how they're going to fix that or what they're going to do but uh, I guess that's yet to be seen boy that is uh, you know it's just unfortunate because that's the sort of thing that can make a finicky public really turn the opposite direction. Um, <clears throat> you know, not that not that I want to defend Viaje, um, but I, I also don't want to, you know, don't want to cast the first stone, so to speak. I I just think that, um, you know, you try to do something a little bit different. I, I, I highly doubt that... Uh, <laughs> Uh, that the powers that be with Viaje said, you know what, we don't care if that packaging is going to break all the cigars. I'm sure that this was just something that's just an unfortunate consequence and not necessarily a uh, an intentional detriment. So I just feel a little bad about that situation. Absolutely. I, you know, there's nobody out there in their right mind would just not care about that. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully they'll uh, work out some kind of agreement with the folks that have some damaged ones. Because, it, 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 like I said, it's not every one. It's not every jar, but it apparently is a fairly common issue. Hmm. Well, let's, uh, let's hope things are rectified here. Yeah. We will see in the coming days. Well, I smoked some interesting cigars this week. What about you? Hmm. Yeah, a few. Shall we uh, talk a little bit about what else we've smoked? Yeah, let's hear it. What do you got? Well, I had uh, I was channeling Kip for one of my cigars of uh, of last Saturday's uh, three and a half hours or three hours of uh, napping two year old time, and I decided I would light up my first Don Carlos in quite a quite an extended period. Oh, you scared me! I thought you were just going to say your first Don Carlos, and I was like, holy cow! No, no, goodness gracious. I used to breathe through Hemingway's and Don Carlos probably ten years ago. Yep. So how did it go? Well, this was what I'll just call the Toro. It's probably five and a half by 52. I did not look up uh, the actual size or the Vitola name. but um, They have a one they call Double Robusto. It's roughly that size. That's probably what it was. I bought a few of those at... Uh, local tobacconist, and um, I, I know that I typically love 90, 90% of the Fuente products that are commercially available, um, and uh, I, I did enjoy this. It had a lot of the elements in it that I really love about the Fuente products. It had some uh, really beautiful Dominican flavors to it. I don't think that this is a Dominican Puro. Um, no, it has a Cameroon wrapper, I know. Well, that's a good point. I don't think that the the filler is all Dominican. Um, there were some Nicaraguan esque flavors, though I really don't know for sure if that's uh, specifically what it was. Um, so I, I'd say that the cigar as a whole had um, the entire length of it. I would smoke it, and the front half of the of the draw, the flavors would be very desirable to me. And then upon the finish, I would get more of the flavors that aren't my flavor preference. Um, so all in all, I, I thought that it was a cigar that behaved perfectly. 
burned appropriately. Construction was was n- not even not even close to being anything but perfect. Um, it's just the flavors weren't directly in my wheelhouse to the point where I'd tattoo the <laughs> the band on my arm. <laughs> hey, have you lit up the uh, cart list, senior? Uncle no. Senior Edition. No, good gracious, I, uh, I, I could not just sit down and smoke that on a whim. Sure, you can. Well, Put I didn't light it like anything else. I could, but I don't usually just have two hours when I'm doing nothing. You know, I'm usually doing something else, and I'd like to concentrate on that cigar. Yeah, it's it's a small cigar, <laughs> lightly packed. It won't take two hours. <laughs> well, I I guess the uh, the Oh my gosh! What the heck is the term? The the verdict, ay ay ay, on this uh, Don Carlos is that I enjoy the cigars for nine to eleven dollars a stick. Nine to eleven is retail, right? Mm, that that would be a really heavy retail. Certainly not that much in the Tampa area. Hmm, okay, um, I think I paid nine seventy five for these three cigars. Nine seventy five a piece. Um, and I thought that they were good, but I thought that to my tastes, being that I didn't enjoy everything that went into the blend, all the flavors that went into the blend, uh, it might have been overpriced. I think uh, you might enjoy more the number three, which is like a Corona size. Yeah, I typically that, would think that's the case. That is my very favorite one. It's a uh, I'm looking right now. It's five and a half by forty-four. Mm. That's my very favorite size. Much closer to the cigar we're smoking tonight. Yeah. That actually I, was my very favorite cigar many, many, many years. And still would be hard-pressed to put anything too far ahead of it these days. I, I, I love those Dominican flavors. I really think... I, I did some reviews specifically... Uh, of um, Dominican cigars on Dog Watch before it went off the air, probably nine months ago, November of last year. I did four or five weeks in a row where I reviewed uh, a specific pro cigar, uh, Dominican cigar that was released and blended for the festival a few years back, um, and really just fell in love with what Dominican tobacco offers. Um, you know, most people think of Dominican, they think of Oh, that's going to be a, uh, you know, a Dominican cigar is going to have a Connecticut wrapper on it, and it's going to taste like air and straw, you know. And that's just such a horrible misnomer that the public has. There's such gorgeous, spicy, sweet, savory, um, complex flavors that Dominican tobacco, Dominican heavy blends can have. Um, And this Don Carlos certainly had that to a point. But there were some other items in it that just didn't line up for me as much as as where my tastes are with the Dominican. But gotcha, still good. Cool. Well, let's see what I got on here. I had a Padilla Reserva Maduro, um, and which was really enjoyable cigar. Had it not been one of those really large sizes, uh, it was a 60-ish ring, 58, 60, something like that. And I just really, I, I'm, I've said it a million times, but it seems to be uh, 
an increasingly big problem I have. I, I just, I don't know, I can't get comfortable smoking a cigar in that ring. And, and I didn't finish it, even though I was enjoying the flavors. The it, it really changes the dynamic of a cigar when you put it in a bigger ring like that in, in terms of, the, you know, the smoke production, the draw, the, just the, the whole experience for me. So if you like 60 rings, that would be a, a good one. If you want just a solid, you know, I don't want. I don't want to say run of the mill. It's not a plain cigar. It's a good, solidly built, quality tobacco. Nothing wrong with it. But just not for me in those bigger sizes for sure. Well, nothing wrong with that. I mean, chocolate and vanilla, you know. Mm-hmm. Besides, I mean, you. It's always good when you have a thought, when you have an opinion, and then you constantly test it to make sure that it's not just universal. You know, I, I I often talk about how I don't like olives. I'm not a guy who enjoys the briny, salty, vinegary flavor that you'll get out of olives. Olives, but my wife loves them. Every time she orders olives in an antipasto dish, or um, you know, something that has uh, olives in it, I always want to give it a try. It's just to make sure. You know, just to, to think about it. And, you know, you smoked a 6x60 or something that was just gargantuanly large, and I think that's the right move. Don't just blindly say no. Give it a try. Keep trying to make sure that it doesn't work out for you. Yeah. Because you know, you might be surprised. No, I actually recently had a 60-ring cigar that I did enjoy quite a bit, and it was that cigar you've never heard of. There's a new company at IPCPR, King Cigars. <laughs> Mm. And they're a king of kings, and it's a box press 60, so it's not as huge a chunk of tobacco to hang out of your mouth. But you know, I I like that cigar. It was it was very good. I still, if it were up to me, and it's, of course not, because I'm not the guy making the cigars, I would may offer that in a smaller size. And but I really enjoyed the experience. I smoked it down to a, you know a, a good. <laughs> Down to a nub in comparison to the Padilla. <laughs> well, I uh, I had another cigar that I was extremely excited about. You were kind enough to send this to me after uh, IPCPR this year. Um, I believe this is a a pretty well known cigar in the the Tampa cigar circles, and you can guide me on that, but. They do is, have a, a good presence in Tampa. <clears throat> this is the, excuse me, Capadura 898, um, labeled Extra Lajero. Um, in 2010, yeah, 2010, I think that I, oh great, I have the hiccups. <laughs> I, I believe that I viewed this cigar as oh, what I would call the best in show. Uh, the cigar has gone through some major rebranding, it appears, since that time in the past three years. But I was hoping that the blend would still be identical. Um, so last sat Saturday on my uh, nice afternoon, I decided to light up this new version that you got from the show this year. Pardon me. Um, and I was just met with... Just a, oh gosh, I would say a, 
just a, a, a hair, just the tiniest little bit of um, recollection of that cigar that I had three years ago at IPCPR. I really was disappointed with this this stick. It wasn't a bad cigar. It just wasn't, I don't know, it was almost as if it wasn't ready to smoke. The the flavors were just barely present in the, the form that they were in a couple years a few years back, excuse me, um, and they just didn't pop. They didn't sing, and just let let you know that the the tobacco was just a, a near perfect blend. Um, it really was unfortunate that I didn't enjoy this one as much as I had hoped, because I really, really was was planning on uh, <laughs> your hiccups. <laughs> I'm having such a good time watching you with these hiccups. <laughs> well, this is a reason to watch the show on video. You can see me give myself whiplash every three and a half seconds. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The long and short of it was this cigar didn't seem to be the same as it was three years ago, but uh, I I would say that it might be worth holding on to for about a, a year or so, six months to a year to see if perhaps it just was that these show versions weren't uh, weren't in perfect condition or perfectly ready to smoke as they've been in the past. Gotcha. So <clears throat> now, please talk so I can try to drink something to get rid of these hiccups. Sure, I got uh, two more that I threw in the notes this week, and one is. Uh, another general product that, that I really liked this week. I had the chance to try the uh, new, or almost new, I don't think it's even on the shelves yet, La Gloria Cubana Serie R Esteli. And uh, I really liked that cigar. Uh, just I, I, in the notes, I've said it had solid Nicaraguan flavors, and it did. It was that uh, that same new school kind of blending that, that we've talked about, and especially you've talked about recently. The construction was dead on. Burn was perfect, and it was just an enjoyable cigar. It was not uh, the kind of thing you think of as being from one of the the big guys, so to speak. It was a bold cigar, but n- not overpowering, not overwhelming at all. Just um, I, I don't know what else to say, but I really liked that, and I, I stuck in the notes. I'd buy them, and I would. And I can't think of the last time I would say that about a La Gloria Cubana cigar since General took over. There's been very few that I would go out of my way to buy, but th- this is one. Um, I definitely can see buying these with some regularity once they are on the shelves. That's interesting. I um, I really dig that new school Estelian flavor, so I'll, I'll seek these out when they're available. Yeah, I... I got to tell you, I really, really liked it, and you know, maybe part of it is that I didn't have the highest expectations. I, I, I don't know, but in any event, I really dug that cigar, and I can say the same for the next one. And it's a cigar that I, when they first came out, they had a reputation for being strong, and at the, the at that time, it was something I tended to stay away from because I was a little timid with the strength. It was a cane, an Oliva cane that Joe Voss gave me at IPCPR. It was the Maduro cane, Maduro, in like a Corona-ish size. And I, you know, I said in the notes that I asked myself why have I not been smoking these again? You know, it was 
a phenomenal cigar. And I just sat there thinking, man, I've been stupid for the past few years. I haven't. I, I've been not allowing myself to smoke these because I was a little shy of you know how strong they at least had a reputation for. I didn't think they were they were that strong. I didn't think they were that uh, you know potent in the smoking. And you know not certainly not a wishy washy mild cigar, but very approachable I think. And I, I remember I did try the you know the whole line as they initially came out, but. The, this Maduro is a good, good stick. Hmm. I don't know if I've ever had a cane Maduro. Hmm. Well, you might want to try one. <laughs> well, I, after that review, I, I definitely think I might want to try one. I uh, <laughs> happen to have an Oliva Lounge that is one of the bigger Oliva accounts in the country here in Tampa, and they regularly have great pricing on Oliva cigars and really just... Killer event specials, especially. Hmm. Well, there you go. And I still have my hiccups. (laughs) (sighs) Just go hold your breath till you pass out and they'll go away. (laughs) Well, wouldn't you just love that for a radio show, being my partner? Oh, my goodness. Why don't you just move on to the next segment? I'll see if I can kill these things. Okay, I got, I got one here on the what else we've been doing or enjoying with cigars or, or whatnot, some semi-related topics. And I've had one of the notes for the past couple of weeks that I haven't been able to mention because we uh, ran short on time or had a ridiculous storm blow through and whatnot. But uh, in the recent days, I've been revisiting the pipe. And for those that don't know, I've been a pipe smoker longer than, than cigars. I don't know. It's not exactly true, but <laughs> I actually smoked cigars first, but spent more of my smoking years with a pipe than cigars. Uh, but these days I have really unintentional but well-defined patterns. I smoke a pipe much more in the winter than the summer, and for no particular reason. That just seems to be how it works out. And um, it's, but I've been uh, smoking a pipe a little in recent days. I had a wild hair, and I, I pulled out the uh, little sample of the Drew Estate meat pie that I, I got at the show and just quickly learned that I am very much out of practice with a pipe because mm. smoking a cigar and smoking a pipe are very different animals in terms of uh, cadence is the big thing. You know, the, the rate that you take draws from a cigar and a pipe are, are much different, and, and the, the smoke production is different. So you might feel like you're not getting enough smoke that it's going out with a pipe when maybe it's not, and that leads you to to uh, over-puff a little bit, which in turn leads you to getting your tongue bit, and tongue bite is something that you deal with with a, a pipe until you get into a regular groove, and then it's it leaves a sensation like you've burnt your tongue with hot chocolate for a couple of days, and you're not really tasting correctly. And so I uh, put in the notes that I i got to get back in the groove with these pipes because the winter's coming, and that, that's kind of the truth. If I'm going to write this, again, non-existent article on the fire-cured stuff that includes a good bit of pipe smoking, I'm going to have to, to get back into practice. Well, get going. Hmm? Ugh, I'm working I on know. it. <laughs> I said get going. Ah. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, I got one more item, and I put an Instagram up of the empty vial this week, but I planted the, the little 
vial of tobacco seed from the Sam LaCia event. And I'm actually wearing the LaCia tobacco shirt tonight. Um, Very nice. That, that came from the event. And I uh, emptied the little vial into some little potting soil and a little pot, and we're going to see if anything grows out of it. Well, you might be you might be really surprised. I uh, I've been shocked at how quickly tobacco will will mature. So, if you put it in a little pot, you might be uh, you might be best scouting out a location where that can go here and not too terribly long. Yeah, yeah. I I, I knew of course that it would have to be transplanted. I didn't plan on buying or buying and leaving it in a in a small pot for the duration. Just, uh, just a little, uh, what do you call that? There's a Spanish word for that when they put them in the little seed beds. Oh, yeah. Uh, I uh, I might give yourself three, four weeks and then be ready to move that bad boy. Man, I could only hope. Not seeing any activity yet. and I'm, I get up every morning, trot into the kitchen, look on the windowsill and see if anything's popped up yet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for Pete's sake. My doggone hiccups. You need to, uh, call your uh, your wife to tell her to come down and tell you she's having triplets. <laughs> scare the hiccups out of you. Uh, I saw the ultrasound. That would scare the bejesus out of me if I found out at this point. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, how about right. we uh, go ahead? I'm sorry. I was just gonna say. All right. How about you? Uh, you take Chub Nose first email here. Sure. Uh, this is from Michael. Uh, who goes by Chub No in the chat room and Google Plus and and formerly in Dog Watch chat rooms and whatnot. He says, uh, what are your two or three cigars that you would recommend as a must-try cigar from the 2013 tweet-up, the Chattanooga tweet-up, or from the trade show? And I will assume he's talking to me since you refuse to attend either of those events with me. (laughs) (laughs) That is correct. What can I say? Yeah, well... I sat down and thought about this, and uh, the list was a lot longer than I expected, but I kind of narrowed it down to a few, and a few are probably, I guess, a little surprising because these are not going to be the big mainstream brands and blends that are getting all the attention right now, but they're cigars that I think are fantastic, and if the public caught on to them, they would be really good sellers. Uh, first and foremost, my favorite cigar I smoked at the show is a new uh, Casa Fernandez Reserva Maduro. And I'm a big fan of theirs anyway. I love Aganorsa tobacco. But I sat down and, you know, maybe it was the fact that I was, I had the opportunity to chat with Paul Palmer for, I don't know, a half hour or more, uh, just hanging out at a table there at his booth. And, and But, man, that, that was such a good cigar. And, if I had to pick one from the trade show this year, that was my favorite cigar I smoked while I was there. It's that one. Hmm. And, you know, it may have been in a Corona Gorda. It was it's a Corona or a Corona Gorda. That, my memory is not good. I'm old now, but uh, it, it was not a huge cigar for sure. And I just can't wait till those are on a shelf somewhere for me to greedily hoard them away. Um, let's see what... I'm really liking a lot of, um, I almost had a hiccup there, the uh, small batch slash boutique cigar slash aging room. The the company goes by a number of different names. Uh, They uh, 
put out an aging room Maduro, and I actually brought one of those back from the show and smoked it this week, and it was a very good cigar. It has a Dominican Habano filler and binder, a Nicaraguan Maduro wrapper, and that's really about all I know about it outside of the fact that it, I had a great time smoking it. Um, and I think they're really kind of coming on strong right now compared to what they have been in, in recent years. I think they're really starting to get some footing and, and put out some some great smokes. Um, I know that um, one of the local shops that I frequent, that I really think is a top-notch establishment, um, the Cigar Lounge in Schaumburg, Illinois, mm-hmm. um, those the the products from what is it is it boutique boutique cigars swag and aging room yep um those are just about their best sellers at their shop um I think that uh, oh that was a loud hiccup sorry boys um <laughs> I I think that uh, you know if you've got a shop that all of a sudden recognizes how good some of these cigars are. It's not going to be too long before they really take off at your lo- location. They're pretty darn good smokes across the board. Yeah, yeah. And let's see, I got a couple more on here. Uh, Pinar del Rio, and historically, I was not a really, you know, out of the ordinary fan of Pinar del Rio. Didn't smoke a lot of their cigars, but I fell in love with Frank Herrera's auto, his auto, his biography. <laughs> I mean. As much as I have of any cigar, I got a helicopter going over right now. <laughs> Probably the right. police are going to be flying around for a half hour. But um, really, really love that cigar, and and it is a PDR produced cigar. So I'm, I've gone back and smoked a few of their others, and they do a small mat, small batch Maduro. Uh, I think that's a great smoke. Uh, they also make La Hermandad for El Primer Mundo, which. I think is a phenomenal smoke as well. Uh, so all of those, the Herrera Biography, the La Hermandad, Small Batch Maduro, for all those from PDR, I think they're great smokes. You can't go wrong with them. Uh, a new one to me uh, was, and, and well, a new cigar in general, was the Recluse uh, Iconic Leaf uh, Sidewinder, which is the one I never did make the little video. Uh, I need to. That is that really unique shape where it's pressed on two sides and still round on the other, and and apparently they kind of figured this out accidentally. But rather than cutting the the cap off of it, you can just take that cap, uh, take the back end of the cigar and kind of pinch it, and one side of the the cap will pop off in like a little flap, and you just pull it off. So you don't even need a cutter to smoke these things. That's but really nice. That was the first cigar I smoked at the show. And it really made an impression. And I believe that may have been what I was smoking while we were doing the show uh, from IPCPR. It was. I remember uh, you lighting that up at one point after we finished the Ezra Zion. Yeah. Um, let's see. i got two more on here, and then I'll uh, shut up. But the Florida, <laughs> Gon- <laughs> Florida Gonzalez, which I know Bob McDuffie doesn't like anything that starts with Flor, but I think they make some some pretty decent cigars. Uh, in particular, they're 90 miles line, and I, I've enjoyed those for a long, long time. But last year, last IPCPR 2012 in Orlando, they released what they call the 1980 edition, which is when Yadi uh, Gonzalez made it out of Cuba and into the U.S. 
It was a commemorative cigar for that, and they're still producing it. And I had a couple of those recently, once again, and and it's it's a cigar that is one of those you could say is one of the best cigars you've never heard of. You know, it's not on every store shelf. They they do have a good presence, and it's actually a growing presence. They've got a number of reps around the country now. Um, it's another one that, just like you said, I think if the the customer base and a shop owner kind of figure out how good those cigars are, that they could really be a, a good seller in a shop. And it's just a matter of getting the name out there and getting folks to, to try them. I think if they try them, that they'll, they'll be convinced and realize how good a cigar it is. And well, I think ahead. that's that's. I was just gonna kind of jump on the bandwagon, a bandwagon of why uh, a local B and M is so important. It's for reasons just like that, illuminating when uh, when something is really, really worthy of giving a whirl. Yeah, absolutely. Being able to walk into a store and you know, every tobacconist is not a good one. They're not going to be able to give you the help you need, but many of them are, and I think it's a, a resource that we're missing out on when we don't have a local shop. I, I'm a big supporter of local shops. I, I, it rarely is a severe understatement of when I would say I order something online. I just don't do it. I don't, I don't preach to people who do. It's just not something I do because I like having a local shop. I like having a place to smoke a cigar. I like having people to, to chat with while I'm having a cigar. I like having a knowledgeable tobacconist that can, you know, say, well, have you tried this? Because I noticed you smoked those, and this is kind of similar, but maybe just tweaked a little bit. And, and I like that. So it's it's worth paying a little extra to me to do that. But I'll get off that soapbox and jump onto my last cigar here. And this was a, this was a tweet-up cigar. And we'll hear a good bit more about this cigar next week, I'm sure. This is Barry Stein's Kilo. And, and I'll leave most of the details for next week. But we talked about it several weeks ago that, that he had made a trip down to the Dominican. And, and with uh, through his, he works for Miami Cigar, the distributor for La Aurora here in the States. And with a you know, relationship with them, was able to blend his own cigar and did a couple of... Uh, Test marketing experience experiments and and did a good bit of that at the tweet up and he let me have one to smoke up there and sent me home with one that I'm going to smoke this week because I'm going to I'm going to post up a review of that to in to coincide with the show. I was so impressed with this cigar. It's, it's one of my very favorite cigars that I've smoked that came out of or came through Miami Cigar and if I were going to go buy Miami cigars because that's all that was available. This would be in a top three list for me for sure. I, this, I think it's another one, and Barry has the, uh, I don't want to say connections. He's visible enough that I, I think this can do really well for him. I think it's that good a cigar. It's not that they just let some guy blend a cigar to keep him happy or whatever. I think he's done an outstanding job with it. Barry's, uh, I don't know. Barry's the type of guy that's making me look forward to next Friday's broadcast. That, that I think, sums it up pretty well. And, um, you know, being a good guy and knowing tobacco and knowing cigars as he does, that, that kilo is just, I don't know. That's one that there's almost a, a, a bit 
a bit of a desire there just because of who it is and who's behind it. Um, and so if the cigar itself is really that uh, enjoyable, it really makes for, you know, that to be such a, a great experience. I, I'm really looking forward to trying my first of that. Yeah, and uh, I don't recall the date. I think he put on his Facebook this week that he had a launch date, but I don't remember picking up what that date was. Not a launch date, a, a release date when they were going to start. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to see those. And, again, it's definitely one I would not mind investing in having some of those around. Well, very cool, man. That's, uh, that's a pretty darn good wrap-up of, uh, of uh, Chubno's question. Yeah, that's the most I've talked consecutively in quite some time. <laughs> well, I think we're going to have to extend it, because I don't think I can do anything consecutively with these hiccups. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's just jump on to the next email from Don Hubble. And this has been two, two three weeks ago, I think, he sent this. So sorry about that, Don. Um, he says, some time ago you spoke at length on how the Opus X and Añejo are essentially the same cigar, just different wrappers. Any Put a question mark at the end of that. I learned firsthand from Craig how much the wrapper contributes to the overall flavor of a cigar uh, by smoking a cigar with the wrapper partially removed at the Dog Watch Earth last year when he was blindfolded. Um, to be candid, all of the Opus X I've tried so far just didn't wow me. Uh, they're good cigars, however, the flavor profile just isn't there for me. In contrast, the Añejo is just amazing. Unfortunately, the Añejo seems difficult to locate. One might say almost a rare find especially online compared to the Opus X. Perhaps you could expand on how it is how it is that just changing the wrapper makes the Añejo such a standout and why it seems to be more limited in availabilities compared to the Opus. Is it because the leaf used as the wrapper on the Añejo is hard to grow, thus limiting availability, or maybe just fragile and hard to work with, or just so expensive to cultivate and care for that it's limited in quantity and quality in order to pass Fuente quality control standards? There's a few things to point out here. That can I take the, a can I take a guess first? Yeah, jump all over. Oh, pardon me. I, you know Fuente, so I'm I'm trusting that we'll get a solid answer from you on this this one uh, for the vast majority know, of Don's questions. If I don't know, I just make it up. <laughs> um, uh, it, <laughs> I I'm really sorry, folks. I uh, I feel a little. Oh man. A little like I'm ruining the what would have otherwise been a pretty darn fun show, but um, I'm having all kinds of fun. <laughs> oh, shut up. Um, I don't think that Inejo's limited nature is uh, is a, a a quality a tobacco quality problem or a manpower problem or uh, a financial problem or any of the above. I think that it's just a chosen distribution amount. It just seems as if Fuente is Fuente is good at what they do, and I think that if they could put out more Inejos, um, they might not. They might just put out what they put out because they just have fun doing this. You know, I, I don't know. Is it that simple? Is it just that the reason why Inejos are as easy or difficult to find, or whenever they're available, it's just the fact that that you know they decided to put out the schedule of Father's Day and Christmas, and they're going to stick to it. 
I, I think you're you're right on the money there. I mean, there's no published reason why, but I think that's as good a, an offering for a reason as any. And that kind of leads to why he has more time finding, more trouble finding in Yehos, is they ship twice a year, and Opus kind of trickle out here and there, but they have four major shipments every year. So there's at least twice as many, or at least twice as many deliveries made to shops that get them uh, within a year's time. There's a considerable, um, considerably larger amount of people who roll roll the Opus than there is roll the Añejo, though, isn't there? Absolutely. And especially in, like, an oddball size like the Shark, Mm. there's one team rolling. One person. Or one team. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Um, I have the lady's picture that does most of the work. (laughs) She gets proposed (laughs) to, like, every time a tour comes through. (laughs) Actually, I think I proposed to her. You were not the first. I I imagine I was not the first, because she kind of rolled her eyes and looked at somebody who was next to her when I told her I loved her. (laughs) Um, One other thing I wanted to mention here, the the Añejo's origin was just like Don described. When Hurricane George, not George, George, uh, came through, I want to say summer of 98, uh, it really, really pounded the Dominican Republic, and essentially wiped out a year's production or a year's growth of tobacco, uh, the leaf that becomes the Opus wrapper. And that led to, a few years later, a a shortage of Opus wrapper. And so Carlito had an idea. He had access to some really well-aged Connecticut Maduro wrapper. Said, hey, let's let's see what happens, and created what we now know as the Añejo. So initially... It was the Opus blend with a different wrapper, but in the years since, that blend's been tweaked, and it's not—it's not the same cigar anymore. It is a different cigar than it was 12 years ago when they first came out. <clears throat> I can't uh, believe it's been 12 years. Yeah, I'm pretty sure 2001 was the the first shipment of Añejo, if I'm remembering correctly. You know, I think it might have been 2000. In 2001. You know, no, it might have been 2001. You know, you'd know better than me. I'm just going by when I remember them becoming available. Uh, You can kind of remember I'm 40 now. My memory's not what it used to be. That is true. I'm sure 2000 is the proper answer. (laughs) I'm going to go Sorry. (laughs) You know what my question is about Inejo? And it it ties into this. Um, Does the Inejo blend tweak it at all? Or in uh, after 2000 or 2001, whatever that initial release was, was it twe- tweaked once and that's it? Oh, I can answer that. I, I could not answer that. Hmm. And, you know, Fuente is not exactly forthcoming with a lot of details on their blends. No, no, they are not. My goodness. And that is the understatement of any century. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I think we're lucky that we know... That that Opus X is a Dominican Puro. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I see a lot of, you know, magazines and whatnot, and, and the guy on our last trip down to the factory was saying he sees the same thing, that, that, that they will publish a review or whatever of a Fuente cigar and just say Dominican, Dominican, Dominican. And he's like, that's not true at all. And he was telling us at one time Fuente was the biggest buyer of Nicaraguan tobacco. <laughs> 
And you know that's been many years ago, back before everybody else was using Nicaraguan tobacco, and they they still use a lot of tobaccos from all over the planet. It's just not easy information to get a hold of. I wouldn't doubt if the Don Carlos has got significant Jalapen tobacco in it. I I, I, I could see that. I think that was the. Uh, the yang to the ying of uh, of the flavors that I typically enjoyed once whilst smoking that cigar. Yeah, the uh, senior blend is a little different. It's similar still to the the standard production Don Carlos, but kicked up a notch. Got a little bit more of a, a little zing, a little burn to the nose to it, with a little maybe a little less. Jalapa and a little more Esteli-ish, although definitely it's not going to confuse you as to be. You're not going to think it's a Tatawahe when you smoke it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call it new school Estelian flavors. Absolutely not. <laughs> well, kind of uh, getting back to a bit of that Muat discussion that we asked uh, C- Cigar Coop about earlier, or, or that he uh, provided. Uh, answers to our solicited questions. We we were lucky enough and much appreciative of him to send us a couple of the uh, the D S six by uh, Drew Estate. The Mayuzi weighs a ton, um, and uh, you kindly said that you would be happy enough to send those to me next time you put together a package. So thank you. Uh, I will send one to you. And um, as Previously uh, stated, I think that you commented on the full name that these are the Digital Sun Six, the Corona Five by Forty Three, and I'm not exactly sure that this next bit is 100% correct. It's stated here that they're a retail exclusive for Outland Cigars in Charlotte and C. Uh, I, I think I saw those elsewhere as well, but I don't, I don't know. That uh, that's a I believe that's a local shop for Coop, and I think at the very least they initially came out as that. Hmm. You know, it. What I'm thinking of is not so much that you know they were on a shelf somewhere else, but I'm wondering if they were a a show cigar as well. You know, maybe something that was just kind of given away in packages. It may have been sold at uh, <clears throat> at Outland, but I, I don't know. I, I thought that I had uh, seen those literally when I had been at Drew Estate events, but that's uh, neither here nor there, I guess. A quick Google search, <laughs> of course, turns up half wheel for Digital Sun 6. And <clears throat> the uh, title of the article is Drew Estate Slates Mosey Weighs a Ton Digital Sun 6 for Outland Cigars. <clears throat> well, well uh, I guess overlook whatever uh, questions I have and uh, just get to the sticks and bricks to the answer when we smoke one of these ba- bad yeah. boys uh, Coop, in the future here. So Coop says if they are available somewhere else, they got them from Outland, which is not unheard of. Um, you know, Smoke In in South Florida does a micro-blend series where they have various manufacturers make them a small batch run of 15,000 or so cigars. And they did, one of the early ones was the Tatuaje, um, oh, Anarchy. Grief. Was the Anarchy the first one? Ah, uh, it's the first I know of. Okay, well, they, there, there are two. 
uh, I guess the Anarchy. That was must have yeah, because they had a big red A on the band. Yeah. Um, that was a shop exclusive, but you can buy those today in Chattanooga, Burns Tobacconist. Hmm. They're getting them. I don't know from where. I mean, I'm assuming they have to be from Smoke In. I don't know how that works, but it was originally a, a shop exclusive. Well, as uh, as expected here, we are starting to take a bit of a a turn for the uh, the home stretch and start closing the show down at just about the two hour mark. And uh, as I said earlier, I've had quite the enjoyable time this evening. Thank you for the uh, the camaraderie and the laughter, my friend. And you as well. And I'm glad I can provide the ongoing uh, comedic relief through my. Lovely hiccups that have decided to grace me with their presence for the last half hour. <laughs> I've had no no shortage of entertainment from it. <laughs> uh, I might have to just watch this on the YouTube video feed uh, tomorrow to see how uh, <laughs> how violent this shaking appears to be. Maybe I could speed it up, and it would look like I was headbanging. Well, if it makes you feel any better, your mic is cutting out the the noise. It's detecting whatever noise is going on, so it's just a it just cut, cuts the sound out. You you go away when you hiccup. There's no hiccup sound in the mic hardly. Oh, that's spectacular. Good. I'll just I'll just have to be louder then. <laughs> <laughs> well, as uh, as we had mentioned earlier, next week will be a a great show with uh, a, a good friend of yours and a gentleman that I've been lucky enough to meet in the past, uh, Barry Stein of Miami Cigar, and we will be uh, smoking the Casa Miranda Chapter 2, which I know dreadfully little about other than the fact that uh, I'm anticipating this based upon some recent info I've found out. Yes, same here, Um, although I I mean the press release and all came out a while back, but um, I don't know just a whole bunch about it. We'll find out next week. Ooh-ha-ha. <laughs> I was wondering how long I could stay silent and see how many different little footnotes you would add to that comment. <laughs> I don't know a lot about it, but we'll find out next week. Ooh-ha-ha-ha. <laughs> you got to keep rattling with something for your hiccup and overing. Ay-yay-yay. No doubt about it. Well, Kip was uh, kind enough earlier to outline the giveaway that uh, we will be uh, choosing a winner on next Friday when Barry's on the show and uh, we want to call out just yet another reason to send in an email over to us Uh, but this time we want to remind people to send unbanded suggestions or even submissions uh, to info at thecigarme.com and uh, what do you say if somebody sends something in on that they can be entered into the drawing or no? Yep Whatever, emails come in. Good, bad, or otherwise. Well, Christy will see those emails, not uh, Kip or I, so that information is uh, absolutely confidential. You don't have to worry about uh, spoiling the secret on the front end here at all. I uh, I just pulled up the uh, original press release from the, the uh, Casa Miranda Chapter 2. And it has a dark Nicaraguan Corojo wrapper and filler from Brazil, Dominican Republic, and Nicaragua. No information on the binder. Well, that sure sounds like an interesting uh, filler blend. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, that Brazilian kind of interests me. Yeah, you do have a thing for Brazilians, don't you? Brazilian tobacco, anyway. <laughs> well, we want to say thank you to everybody again for joining us this week for uh, another fun episode of Half Ashed. And along those same lines, as you may even be uh, participating this evening, we want to encourage everyone to head up to halfashed.com. Uh, you can uh, chat with us. You can watch live all on the same page on the off weeks when we're not doing the uh, highly publicized, pre-planned live show on CigarFederation.com. Half Ashed is our only, our excuse me, it's our own little corner of the internet, and uh, we encourage you to head up there. We'll be putting a lot of content up here as. Uh, time progresses. It'll just be a, a fun place to get updates about the show, about us individually, about cigars we're smoking, the whole nine yards, oh, and our yes. hiccups. And I now believe I have successfully redirected the um, uh, RSS feed for the show, so I can now publish that on halfash.com and it go to everybody seamlessly. won't have to pick a new feed or any of that. And I... Quite literally spent 12 hours farting around with the the code in there, chasing what was wrong, and it turned out to be one little dollar sign stuck out somewhere it should not be after me spending all that time. You should have just done it right in the first place. I didn't write the code. I was trying to just figure somebody else's work out, and I (laughs) don't know the first thing about it. What I should have done was just packed up my laptop and rode down and met the jumpers somewhere and said, hey, fix this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Not a bad idea there, actually. (laughs) Well, I certainly want to call everyone's attention to uh, Kip's spectacular blog, thecigarme.com. Head up there, check out. Uh, reviews that Kip's putting together and uh, hopefully a little more content will be popping up sooner rather than later because of the hosting issues being recently solved. Um, Either way, if if you don't get up there to check the upcoming content, get up there to check the past archive content. Just about some of the best darn reviews on the internet. Quite frankly, I, I... I was interested in doing this podcast because of the quality of content at the Cigar Me. I knew Kip was a guy that I wanted to spend more time with. Because so. he makes up a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know, I well, that you, too. Man, I'm having such a good time with the new host. Um, it's like having a whole new computer, a new interface with the website. It, everything works. It's, it's funny how that is, but just having a website that works <laughs> is so cool. Well, you are officially a geek because you're talking about how computer language is working appropriately and how much you love that and how cool it is. So you have come to the dark side. I've come to the dork side. (laughs) The dork side, that's correct. (laughs) All right, what do you say we wrap this up? Yep, yep, I... uh... I'll stop dilly-dallying and making fun of you. So, folks, Kip's uh, 10 cigars of fabulous uh, smoking enjoyment. What the hell am I talking about? Uh, those are available if you email us. So send an email to Craig at thecigarme.com or Kip at thecigarme.com. Um, and just tell us something about the show, questions, comments, feed, feedback, um, praise, hatred, whatever you want. Send it. 
you might be entered in if it's a good enough comment. <laughs> and you know where to find us. You know where to find us elsewhere. Facebook, Twitter, SigFed, the whole nine yards. Seek us out. We love chatting. It's a blast. So anything else you want to add, my man, before I close this out? I'm in good shape. I want to hear a few more hiccups just for a closing. All right. Well, I'll see if I can draw this out as long as possible so you can get your wits. Well, want to uh, want to say thank you to everybody for spending a couple hours with us as we uh, tool around, laugh a little bit, have a couple drinks, smoke a darn good cigar, and I uh, hope you enjoyed this evening as much as we did. Tonight's Cigar of the Week was the Illusione, uh, excuse me, not the Illusione, Illusione Epernay. It was the Illusione ECCJ, European Cigar Cult Journal, 15th anniversary cigar. About four years old and uh, smoking fabulously. Uh, really a great cigar to get some solid walnut flavor out of and some subtle oaky flavors. You can smoke this and really get an idea of what uh, what those flavors, how they come across and, and present themselves in a cigar. So Hope you enjoyed our reviews. Hope you enjoyed our uh, fun little content and our our friendly banter. And hope you want to join us again. So, from our little corner of the internet out to you, wherever you are. Thank you very much for being a part of our fun Friday evening, and uh, we look forward to being able to share it again. So, good night, everybody. <laughs>